Welcome to Business Can Be Better. This is the podcast that helps businesses become even better businesses. I'm one of the co-hosts, Lane Anderson. I own a marketing company called London Road Media. And I'm Kelly Ray Tamaki, founder and owner of TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. for episode 25 of Business Can Be Better, but we're here to talk about the future of retail. I'm very excited. Um, something that's probably on your mind a lot as you've recently invested into a retail business and that's become part of your world. Yeah. So it's a subject I don't know anything about because I don't own a retail store, never have, don't really have any retail clients that we market for. It's a bit of a foreign world to me. So my perspective will be one of the consumer. <laughs> that's what I can offer. That's it's a, like, I, I shop at retail stores. That's great. So okay. I will offer that perspective as, as far as, yeah. And I'm a millennial. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be my perspective as the consumer. Okay. I <laughs> Tell think us. that you'll probably come up with some really important things to say. As okay. I, I have thought about it, but okay. I don't have any practical application of it okay. under my belt yet. Well, I have a bunch of notes, so don't worry. Um, so I don't know if you said you did read my Monday email, but if anybody I did. that's listening reads my Monday emails, this Monday I did talk about the future of retail. Um, like you mm-hmm. said, I did invest in a company that is partially retail. So it, we sell shoes. Um, we also have services though. So it's not just retail, but still a large component is retail. Um, and I feel like there are so many people out there, especially in Lethbridge, because I feel like we're fairly behind the trends sure like late to jump on bandwagons in terms of tech like technological advances um but so i think that it's really important that we talk about what's coming what's actually already here but maybe not in lethbridge yet but okay you know how things are changing with all the people shopping online rather than coming into retail stores and shopping um and I read a really great book, uh, Re-Engineering Retail by Doug Stevens, that I highly recommend if you're in retail. recommend you read that. I'm going to talk about it a lot today. But I'm just going to start with some statistics that Kay. are kind of scary if you own a retail store. But I want you to know... Um, Scare factor. Start I was with scared, that. too, when I started digging into this. Um, and I was one person who had, for years, kind of avoided really digging in to how much consumer behavior has changed with the internet. Right. Um, but now that I'm deep into it, uh, I'll let you know there's a happy ending. So stick okay. with us till the end. <laughs> um, so as of today, the stats, 25% of people are shopping online. That doesn't okay. seem like that many. A quarter doesn't. of people. Um, 12.4% of all goods are bought online. Doesn't okay. seem like that high, right? But these two stats are increasing rapidly every year. Um, also, online reviews are super important. We're going to talk about that a lot today. 91% of millennials, this is our generation. How many? 90, 91%. 91%. Okay. Trust online reviews as much as their friends and family. Right. 83% of customers don't trust advertising. So, I mean, I've harped on Google reviews for years, and I, I think I probably always will if they stay as effective as they are. But when you put those two stats together, like 91% of the biggest, of 30% of the population trust online reviews as much as their own friends and family, and 83% of customers don't trust advertising, you really have to start to think about, and you talked about this years ago when I brought up Google reviews. The right. very first step is providing an amazing, amazing, exceptional customer experience. Customer yeah. service and customer experience. 
don't ask for a review if you didn't do something exceptional, right? That, that might be the solution to why everyone doesn't trust that advertising too. Provide an amazing product or service before you market it to anybody. Yeah, yeah. Because then that's that would be the reason why no one trusts the advertising is because you're telling them you have this incredible solution and then they go purchase it and it is not as advertised. Fifty uh, percent of shoppers shop more on their phones than they do in store. Okay. Users reading reviews on their mobile devices are one hundred and twenty-seven percent more likely to purchase. And people reading them on their computer. That makes sense because you're probably in the store or near the store on your mobile device. Plus, everyone uses their phone. 62% uh, of shoppers buy online at least once a month. 57% of shoppers buy fashion or apparel online, making this the most online shopped category. However, no category is safe. Almost everything can be sold online now. Apparel, that's the highest? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I was reading about how they're using augmented reality, virtual reality, artificial intelligence and haptography in order to have online shoppers try things on so they can mm -hmm. actually like feel how things would feel okay now that's like taking it to the extreme i feel like very very wealthy people maybe have this technology right now I, yeah i think we're a ways away not, from that yeah. being relevant yeah but it's there it's not in every household but it's there um the predictions are that our phones will basically become the only need thing that we need to buy have delivered and enjoy almost anything in the world Right. And Doug Stevens predicts that, well, he says this is already happening, but commoditized products like milk, laundry detergent, other consumables, they'll have built-in sensors yeah. that will reorder once you're, like, almost out of it. Sure. Uh, you don't look scared. 96% <laughs> of customers say customer service is imperative in their loyalty to a brand. Okay. So 96%. And... 96% of consumers say customer service is imperative in their loyalty to a brand. If you think about that just for yourself as a as a customer, mm -hmm. of course you're not going to go back somewhere if you get treated badly when right. you could buy it online for cheaper. When there's another option. In most cases, yes. yeah. 84% um, of companies who work on their customer service report an increase in sales. This is my favorite one. Brands with superior customer service ratings bring in 5.7 times more revenue than brands who lag behind. Okay. Almost six times more revenue. Um, a couple more cool things. Drones, the, even like refrigerated compartment drones are already <laughs> delivering things within hours. In some okay. cases within minutes. And predictive software, I don't know if I'm saying that right, if the right word is software, but basically companies like Amazon and Alibaba are knowing before we order what we're going to order and having it stored at a location very close to us so okay. that they can send it to us very fast. Predictive inventory even. Yes, okay. yes. So then all of that being said, if you have a retail store and you're paying for your building mortgage or your lease, you're paying staff salaries, you're paying for the internet, you're paying for all those things, all the overhead that some of these places who just drop ship the same items don't have to pay for, uh, this can sound pretty scary. But people are absolutely craving that good customer experience, mm -hmm. that level of customer service that you don't see in many places nowadays. Yeah. And I think a lot of businesses are ending up with, well, challenges for sure, but a lot of businesses are ending up failing because they try to cheap out on labor. Right. Like how many people have you heard, well, not now so much, but when it first came out, complaining about minimum wage going up? Right. You should not be paying your employees anywhere right. near. Shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> right. Um, but cheaping out on labor, like if you hire, 
I was talking to them with this one business owner and, and they were very frustrated with the quality of applicant or the quality of employee. And I mean, there's a whole host of problems, but one of them is when you pay minimum wage, that comes with a certain set of demographics, psychographics. Right. And if you have staff who are paid at minimum wage, have those psychographics and demographics, they're probably not the happiest, most positive, most service-oriented kind of people. Yeah. You, you can get lucky, but in general, they're not. So when you're, you're trying to save money on your staffs, you're absolutely failing at the customer experience, so you're losing that business. So yeah. the answer is, now more than ever, use your customer service and your customer experience as a competitive advantage. Like make it so good that no one can beat you at it. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think it, like what it does is it really opens up people's options. Whereas before, so we're in a small city where it was easy to be competitive without being that great because your options were limited just geographically. Yeah. And as soon as you add the internet and we become this global village and everything that that enables, you are competing with a far more than what's available locally. And that's where in our small city, small businesses are now having to compete at a level that they've never had to before, where it was like, well, I can provide this product because I'm the only one in my neighborhood and that's enough of a competitive advantage that it doesn't matter that my service is crappy, my inventory is limited, my marketing is non-existent, my, like all of that didn't matter because they showed off their reviews. It doesn't matter. I was within a five minute drive of all of my customers and I was the only one that was. So it's not that any, like the technology, the only thing it changed was that it made local brick and mortar business compete with people outside of their geographic limitations and now you have to find a way to compete at that level and a lot of small business owners are not prepared to suddenly be this um i don't know putting this much effort into their business like it was just not as hard and so it's it's not that there is an opportunity there i think anytime you can list all of these here's all these new challenges means there's also a list of all the new opportunities because you can be the one that figures out how to overcome that, right? We've said yeah. that before. Um, but yeah, I I don't see a lot of what you're, you're uh, listing as far as what these online companies can do well. Um, there's a lot of gaps there that are still important to the consumer. Like you said, the customer experience and service, there's a lot of blue ocean there where online companies, like so far, there is no type of technology that is going to give that same experience of having a face-to-face conversation with someone who remembers you from last week and cares about what you're doing especially in our small city like any any large store we go into it's likely that we'll run into someone we know and Mm -hmm. just have a conversation like that's not being duplicated by or replicated by online stores they're providing more selection sometimes a better price and more convenience but they're not competing on much of the other things, many of the other things that are very important in consumer decisions. They still all count for a lot. So I, like you said, well, I don't think you look very scared about this. I, I'm i not, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't feel, I, I also don't own a retail store, so, so I, it's hard for me to speak to it when there is people who I know have done business very well and have put in all every effort to compete against online stores and ran amazing local experience based truly built community amazing brand and still went out of business so it's not retail store yeah so it's not fair for me 
Um, well, so the example of the one that we were talking about in our Facebook group was a guy who sold comic books and games and collectible oh. figures. And there's a very big market for that. I mean, we are in, I am not in that, I don't know, which, what's the right word? Ger- geek or nerd? I don't know what it is. They're different things, right? Like I'm but I'm not in that, that. <laughs> I'm not in that culture, but for those who are, I think we're probably in like <laughs> the golden age of geeks and nerds being celebrated, right? Like people who like comic books, maybe you could just call them that. No, geek and nerd, they're, okay. they, these are embraced terms. These oh, are not, okay. these are not, like no Bang one's being theory. offended. No, I love Big Bang Theory. Geeks and nerds are celebrated terms. <laughs> so we are in like the golden age of those, um, for those people having, there is a market to serve them more than there ever has been. So it's not that it's like, well, no one's buying comic books anymore. No one's buying games. Like he is in a market that is the in the golden age of, uh, should be thriving. And so I think I know quite a few people who now I understand who we were talking about, mm-hmm. but I know quite a few people who are just heartbroken. Absolutely. And they love to hang out there. Yeah. The atmosphere was amazing. So much community, interesting, customer uh, experience, like just absolutely, I think killed it on every front. You could have um, built in monthly recurring revenue with subscriptions because it's comic books. People want the newest issue. So we built that cool. in, made it very convenient. Like I think did everything he could, I mean, I don't know everything about his business, but everything in the conversations we've had and what I witnessed, I think did everything right, did everything you should do to compete and still wasn't able to. So I say, well, I don't think I'm that scared, but I don't run retail. And I know people that I trust actually really, really did everything right and still weren't able to compete. So it's not fair for me to say, because I don't have that firsthand experience. So, so then, I mean, I wish he could be here and I'm sure he's probably the only person we who really knows we're talking about him but is there nothing like was it price online was able to be way more cheap like way more cost friendly like yeah i i I don't know like i'm not a one of his customers i mean i have shopped there before but i'm not like one of his ideal type of customers so i don't i don't imagine he was any more expensive like he would have been competitive um but yeah i'm not sure exactly what it was it's probably just such a low margin product that by the time you add the inventory and the overheads and everything else that it's just hard to sell enough volume in a small city to make it float that's it because it would be a small pretty low margin kind of business yeah and that's the thing if you have a lower margin industry you have to sell a high volume product so then you have to look at your market if there's hundred thousand people in the in the area that are going to shop there what percentage of those people typically buy that kind of product and if 25 percent of people are buying online then mm-hmm. let's take that down to 75 percent and then how many competitors were there only one i know there's of. one yeah um yeah i'd be really interested to know what kind of factors went into that mm-hmm. i think maybe partially the downtown situation too um he was like he's a pretty big advocate for downtown still being like a pretty popular destination i i definitely haven't seen foot traffic decrease downtown so i don't i haven't seen that at all it's pretty hard to find a parking spot near his shop so it seems like it's no problem getting people to the downtown but um i think yeah if you just if you had a business that was um it could survive it could be profitable when you had one competitor and your market was this large and you split it 50 50 with that competitor and now you're now splitting it 
50 or you're splitting instead of 50 50 you're now more like you know 30 percent, 30 percent, and then 40 percent going online or something i mean that's if you go to 50 percent market share to 30 percent because online moves in like I, these are all completely fabricated numbers but if you imagine losing that amount of market share to online in a business where you already needed so much market share mm-hmm. uh, i think mm-hmm. yeah that's going to be a tough thing to, to survive yeah so i think one thing and let's just right now let's draw a line and say we're no longer talking about that one example because okay. i want to talk in generalities and i definitely don't want anyone to think that i'm specifically talking mm-hmm. about this one business because um, I have never met with that person, don't know the inner workings of it. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, even Amazon has been over the past few years opening up bookstores, convenience yes. stores, restaurants. So, in person retail is not going away. There are a large number of people who still want to do that, who still want to experience that, who still want to, you know, go to a coffee shop and have coffee, not have a Skype date. Skype. Who uses Skype? Google Hangouts. I use Skype this morning. Sorry, I mean, whichever you prefer. <laughs> but do you know what? So this, as an example of that, so Casper Mattress has launched as like the online order. It comes in a box, Is rolls out. Like yeah, oh, those yeah. things, right? Where they're like, you don't go to the mattress store, which are just that like stereotypical the cheesy salesman we're gonna sell Such you a mattress, like sales. yeah, it's sort of just that awful retail environment that online was just like it's not like online came in and cutthroat undercut them like they literally they removed a bad be. customer experience yeah, and now made it positive so um the one time we went to buy a bed this lady said please buy this i need to feed my kids that right. was like the last time i went to a furniture like, store. No, I'm like not Tim, doing you that you can go buy the stuff from the furniture stores yeah, yeah so those... that but they so they have a showroom we were talking about or we we're kind of hearing about this at the conference i was at recently and they're talking about how places like that have built a showroom now and now they have a storefront but they're not and people she, she was kind of addressing this people are saying like look obviously retail is still needed because people are going against the grain doing this online business and then realizing like oh actually we're trying to you know be better like evolve beyond retail and now you're going back to retail so obviously there's a need but the argument was that's actually not why they do it they're doing it because that retail store is basically a branding exercise it is a complete loss they are not making money off that retail store it's a branding exercise and it's actually a marketing expense not a revenue generator and so i think i don't know that we can say that well look amazon and whoever everyone's opening these retail stores um i don't think they those retail stores are expected to drive revenue the way that a regular brick and mortar is directly though yes like i think they're there strictly for the experience Mm -hmm. because people want to experience like there are so many people that would never buy a bed online because they want to go touch it they want to go lay on it that sort of thing right um but also like uh, the one business that i own uh there's a lot of service involved in it like you you can't just buy a pair of shoes if you have foot problems or back problems or like pedorthic needs or orthotic needs that sort of stuff so that's a big part of the business but if we were just a shoe store right I would like be an Aldo a little or more something. scared, yeah. but I would not, I would be more sort of up to the challenge because I think the whole thing is really about creating a place that people want to hang out at. Mm-hmm. A place where, you know what, if they're hanging out, they're having a coffee, like we had some really cool ideas that we're going to implement at the, at our store, like um, a turf track where kids test out athletic shoes. Okay. We have like gait analysis where he, he can literally see like which toe is touching at the wrong time and yeah. how you need to correct that. We have digital scanners to talk about what kind of shoes you need, what kind of insoles will make you, 
all my friends who have back pain gone because of these really right. cool technologies, right? Then there's like the heat forming, you can get boots that are like heat formed exactly to your feet. Um, so it's all this added value stuff that's not, we don't just sell you shoes. Yeah. It's we're sell you shoes and we're going to provide you with this and this and this and this yeah. that comes with it that you can't get online. No, like yeah. if you buy Nike Sun Sale online, oh my gosh, that's different than, you know, going to Shoe Solutions, getting fitted, making sure that there's no pain, um, having our experts, like highly educated experts, look at what you need to have. But there was a, oh, who was it? Who was that um, eyeglass company? It's like two words, sounds like two last names. Parker, Parker Warbly. Right, something Parker. like that. Anyways, they started as just an online store. Mm-hmm. And um, they were their founder was saying that people were calling, emailing, um, you know, sending messages and saying, like, we want to come into your store and try stuff on. And he's like, shoot. I don't have apartment. a store. Right. Yeah, I don't have a store. So a lot of online businesses who started as just online actually opening in-person stores. Like, I don't think that all sales are going to be Think of it, it pops up on your phone and it shows up on your doorstep. No. And, and one of the big things I really liked about that uh, re-engineering real retail book was he's talking about how everything is so predictive now, like our Amazon accounts or like Facebook, uh, retargeting ads, things like that. Even Costco sending out a mailer. If you buy a, pat- a set of patio furniture, mm-hmm. you get a mailer every year for new patio furniture. But why wouldn't they send you something for like a barbecue if you already right. bought the patio furniture? So what's happening right now is really the predictive thing is kind of keeping us small. It's keeping us the same. It's not giving us a chance to pick out new stuff. Okay. So that part is missing, and that's that's something that Doug Stevens thinks can be done in person in a yeah. retail store. Yeah. Like we don't want to be reduced to that I guess like I think of like cows being you know funneled through the the fences into the place they want people to go people don't want to be controlled like that right and I think I've been really um guilty of this in the past talking about measuring retail per square foot retail per employee or profit per employee profit per square foot uh, profit per category but as you said having those centers or having those um I would call them an experience center. Yeah. Set up. Those are like, they're not set up to make money. They're set up to provide really great experiences, which turns into sales. And often yeah. those sales will be online. Like at our place, I picture a lot of people like, we're going to get arcade games and really wicked couches and espresso machines. And mm-hmm. like, people will want to hang out there. They can buy stuff on their phone yeah. while they're sitting on a couch rather than picking it out, paying at the cash register. Okay. That's my vision. Okay. So if you're scared and you have a retail store and you're thinking oh dear goodness what am i going to do i would just say i'm not saying throw out your other kpis because you know i love kpis but really 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 start to measure the customer experience scores yeah you have to survey people you have to ask them how their experience was you have to look at your retention are people coming back if not most people i think it's over 80 percent of people who don't return is because of a perceived indifference between them and the employee Right. And if that employee's in a bad mood or that employee doesn't like their wage or that employee just happened to be on their phone when a customer walked in, that's your store. Yeah. You know, people get that impression of your whole store. Yeah. If you want to see word of mouth, how powerful it is, it's going to be based around negative experiences in your store. That is going to take it further than anything. We had one recently where it was, I mean, it's just a dollar store down the street, but it's still, it's the dollar store. And they basically went on a rant about... They like yelled at some people in the store because they 
they just guessed by their race and how they were dressed that they were stealing and then just went oh, on a rant no. about the attics nearby and just like just went crazy this about it. online review? No, just this was like the business owner in his store like oh. yelling <laughs> for all the store to hear. So if you want to see how well word of mouth works, just provide an experience like that and see how many people will know about it that were not in the store to experience it firsthand. People will know. So I had all this stuff about don't cheap out on hiring, hire the best people, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I didn't even think about don't be a terrible don't leader. Be the, don't be don't a be bad the worst yourself. employee you have. <laughs> um, I also think you should make it really easy for people to buy from their phones. Really easy. So For a retail, for a brick and mortar retail yeah. store? Why? Because people, 127% of people are buying on their phones. But are you going to make it better than Amazon can make it? Like, this is the opposite of Blue Water. You're like, they do it amazing. Let's try and do it as well as they do. Why try to Definitely do something Definitely not they try to do. do it as well as they do. Because we're not going to try for the selection. We're not going to try for predictive ordering. Yeah. None of that. Just if people want to buy our stuff. Like, for example, in our store, Lightspeed is the point mm-hmm. of sale yeah. software. It integrates perfectly with an online store. Yeah. So we keep our inventory accurate. People can buy from there. Like if are people won, buying from there or you don't have it set up, it's not set yeah, up okay. yet, but it's definitely in the plans just because if somebody yeah. is thinking about us wants to buy something and they're at the mall and they could buy from us or they could buy from Amazon mm-hmm. we want them to be able to buy from us we're definitely not going into it to compete with Amazon we're going into it to provide like a convenient way for our customers to buy if they want to buy from us I can see like if you have unlimited operational and marketing budgets to be like let's do all of these things really well but knowing how much i know it would cost to put into resources to make that work i could think of 20 different ways that are a way better way to spend that money tell me i think well i so we're looking at this for one of our clients yesterday where we're saying like should we put more of their products online currently it's just an overview of um what kinds of things they carry these are the manufacturers that they carry and just general when you come in this is what you'll find of ours so we're saying should we actually show the product so i guess easier if i say what it is so the landscape supply company do we show we carry this paving stone this paving stone this paving stones you got like you know, 40 different options of different colors and shapes. We carry all these different types of soils and rock and natural stone and lighting and water features and all like, do we put all that online or is it fine the way it currently is where it's a page that says, here's all the water feature types of things that we supply. We have pumps, we have bubblers, we have whatever, and we're paving stone. We have this type of paving stone and this type, but not each color in each block. One of their competitors in town has partially gone into the realm of showing the actual product so they haven't got into paving stone because there's you know they probably carry like 80 different types and they don't want to put that inventory online but they do have okay we have um plant um like gardening soil and lawn soil and we have just filler and we have mulch and we have like just you know 20 different products so they put it online but just to the point of here's all the information you need and a price, but you don't actually purchase it online. And that I, makes more sense to me because especially in that industry, like it's say, not being delivered industry. or shipped. Yeah. But even with shoes, you're in town, it's easier for you to go down the street and pick it up than it is to wait yes. two days for it to arrive. Which so, is why I'm not so scared. I wouldn't, people want to try on shoes. I wouldn't put the actual checkout and cart 
you can show what you have and what it costs and what it's you know choose this one if you need this and choose this one for this and help them shop as in help them do their own customer guided research before they drive all the way down there but not to actually purchase i as a consumer i can't imagine a scenario where i would say i know the store is three blocks away and i've never had this delivered to me in my shopping life but i want to this time um i mean the argument against it is like pizza and stuff like that where you it is right there and you have it delivered but i don't know yeah, i would I don't say see landscaping for... i agree with you i would i landscaping supply with mm-hmm. all the different things i can't imagine that being but it would be the cost benefit it would be good to uh, all add all the information as far as price like people especially yeah. want to know cost and but they would they like to research it on there. their own before yes. they're in front of a salesperson yeah. discussing price they don't yes that's not a situation people enjoy being in yes um but i i can't imagine as far as as far as at least where the biggest opportunities are i can't see putting the conversion on there like the local there's um a sup- vitamin and supplement store locally yeah. that we've done some work for new switched off of a franchise now their own brand new pos new connection to shopify have every product and live inventory online and i just don't I see, a store like see that why an online store yeah exactly so like if you're gonna buy all. online why buy from them why yeah. wouldn't you buy where there's more selection yeah probably better Cheaper. price so yeah so the only <laughs> exception is if you want it right now but with shoes you're right they want to try them on the main thing we were thinking of is like reordering. So there's a lot of people that actually buy the same pair of shoes every year. Like they just love them. So they okay. want the newest model or whatever, things like that. Okay. Um, and it's not just shoes. There's other things like accessories and stuff, right? Yeah. And it won't cost us a whole lot. It's just a little integration. I want our, our inventory accurate anyways. Mm-hmm. So would I go out and spend $10,000 on a new website so that people could shop online? No. But yeah. since it's not a huge leap, I want to be able to have that if they want it. Okay. Because a lot of our customers are so loyal. They love the people there. They love the way they get treated. I think the way people get treated is the most important thing. Right. And so if they want to buy something, you know, at 2 in the morning when we're not open, we want them to have that option to buy from us. Not and then from. it's delivered? Yeah, we're working on that. I'm so, thinking... then the, so then if they're shopping because they enjoy the experience, aren't you removing all of that experience? Most people will be shopping because they enjoy the experience. Okay. Yeah, we're trying to we're trying to make sure that we take care of both preferences. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but we're definitely focusing on the experience. Yeah. Um. What else? Did I yeah, have to it's say? tough. Like, in almost all cases, whenever it's like we always have to think of how customer behavior, consumer behavior already exists, yeah. and what we need to provide them just helps them do what they want to do more naturally. Yeah, don't right? really, like corral them. Exactly. Don't direction. be like, no, we want you to shop this way. Yeah. And I've never searched a local brick and mortar store to place an online order in my life. Yeah, I would say I other than food. I absolutely don't think that's the way that it will go. Yeah. I think that it will be loyal customers or people who have already purchased from us who want to shop online this time. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I really I can't stress enough that I would not go to bat against Amazon. No. I can't tell you how many people have come to me and said, I have this really great idea. And I'm like, don't do it. Yeah. Because they're bigger. They have more money. They have deeper pockets. Like, they'll do it better. Yeah. I just, that's sort of a, an afterthought. It's like, just 
being able to do that for the people that want to do it. But really what I wanted to stress was making the experience amazing. Yeah. Making them talk about it. Like we should talk about talk triggers. Yeah, sure. Why don't you talk about that? Because I've been talking the whole time. <laughs> but this is all about the experience. Right? Yeah. Um, talk triggers by um, Jay Bear um, about how to create talkable to create word of mouth for a business, right? So one of the early things he mentions in the book, which really hit home for me and was just reinforced, like, oh yeah, I definitely need to read this book, was, you know, 100% of businesses will tell you that word of mouth is important to their business. Like no one disagrees. Everyone knows. Yeah, of course, like word of mouth is the most powerful thing. That's how I get so many of my customers or clients. And then what percentage of those businesses actually have a plan of how to generate word of mouth? And it's, very minuscule like five percent maybe like who has an actual strategy to be like this is how i make word of mouth people are just like well it's just something that has to happen organically there's nothing we can do it we just like hope it happens and provide a good service and product and then we'll get word of mouth but beyond that it's just like well it's something that's outside of marketing we don't it's just something that happens kind of thing but this book really, really argues, no, you make word of mouth happen. It is a marketing activity. You actively pursue word of mouth marketing. And so here's a bunch of examples of people who are doing it great. Here's sort of a rubric for different types of word of mouth talk triggers um, called that because it's like, here's this thing you do that triggers people to go and talk about you. Um, and then near the end of the book, which he said you haven't got to yet, but I think is what makes this book so great that so many marketing books miss where they're just talking theoretical and like Mm -hmm. this is why you should and here's examples of people who have he ends with okay here's the i think five or six step plan of how you actually develop the talk trigger how you figure out what's right for your business and your industry how to roll it out how to develop it in a way that's actually going to work for you um so that part is amazing too but Everything through the book is also giving lots of examples about talk triggers. We're giving it word of mouth marketing right now. It is a talk trigger. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's a lot of genius in it. So examples of something you could do. Um, one was the amusement park, right? So the amusement park just decided that they were going to give away all of the drinks for free, oh, right, yeah. right? Like a hugely high margin thing, all restaurants and fast food and amusement park and whoever else, like they make a lot of money off of your Coca-Cola and root beer refills. <laughs> so they just said, well, it's hot. People want to feel refreshed. Let's just give them drinks for free. And yeah, lost a huge revenue generator for their company. Cause you would have made so much money off of selling soft drinks um but just in the increased customer experience and that people are all like they're never thirsty they're never oh well let's just buy a large and share it with our family like everyone got what they wanted everyone is feeling refreshed so people would stay longer what they how they would rate the park and their experience of it was so much higher like everything about it and then they would um people would go from there and tell everyone about it they're like yeah you go there and you can get free drinks all you want the part and I love the best about that story was how, like, I think, I don't know if they specifically said a single dad, but how a parent who couldn't really afford to buy all their kids, like, all mm-hmm. drink whatever you want sort of thing, can now say, have whatever you want. Right. Yeah. And they and they made it smaller cups, so there's no waste, too. So you're not, like, drinking half of a large one and throwing it in the garbage. Yeah. So they have smaller cups because when you want more, you just go around to the stand around the corner and grab a fresh one. But 
what will actually happen is people just drink that small one and realize they're fine and not get more. Like it's just, it made so much sense and it's actually, so it is a loss of revenue, but there's no, there's no like very little cost to it. Like that's why there's such huge markup on it is it doesn't cost them a lot to provide those drinks other than lost opportunity. And yeah, the net gain was much larger. The other one I really liked was, I think it was a burger place where, yeah. yeah. So you would take a playing card to to be like your table number and then they'd bring out your burger and fries because you would have the six of diamonds or whatever it was um but then they just decided that okay you have this 52 card deck there's two joker or there's i guess if you have the full if you have the jokers in it there's 54 cards in a deck um and so they just spread out the cards and you take your table number face down so you don't know what you're getting and they just told everyone that if you pull a joker your meal is free and so, like, that's I mean, especially you introduce some sort of like gambling, <laughs> you're gonna definitely get rewards if you use that strategy. But yeah, you're gonna have people just draw a table number and it's fun either way. I mean, this is why like scratch tickets work. It's not, everyone knows that you're like in the long run, you're not gonna make money, but the Do experience. They Do they know? I think a lot of people know that you're not gonna come out a winner in the long run. I think in the old but, days too, it's like you would tell your village, but now it's like, you tell everyone who reads the Google review or you yeah. read, tell everyone who reads your tweet. But that, that, that experience of that moment of hope that you might win something is, it's even fun. if you don't win, that's why yeah. people buy scratchies. You buy a scratchy because for $5, you can imagine the possibility of winning $30,000. And it's that like anticipation that, that you're paying for. I think scratch tickets are a net win. You lost five bucks, but you gained something that I would spend five dollars for for an experience. Not often, but once in a while, I was like, "This was fun. I that was addicts. a good five dollars." <laughs> I got my start in the gambling poker industry, so maybe I will justify this more than others. But I think there is a non-monetary gain in those types of things, I but especially what they tapped into. Like, I think it always is long-term monetary. No, yeah. I mean, specifically, like, scratch tickets. <laughs> for them, oh, I'm not 100%, 100% for a burger place to give away one or two meals yeah. out of every 54, yeah. um, it is absolutely going to be a net gain. Yeah. And then, you know, I think we can talk about the customer experience and the customer service till we're blue in the face. But unless you're really collecting data on it, you don't really know how they feel. And I think... I always butcher quotes, so I won't even try, but there's an old Maya Angelou quote about people remembering the way you made them feel, right? And unless you're asking them, unless right. you're doing surveys, unless you're finding out how customers feel, I mean, looking at how what percentage of your customers come back regularly, I would say is a fairly good indicator that they feel good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, you could be one of only a couple places. You could be just down the block, you know, that you could be, those could be customers that are loyal until something better comes along. But you really have to find a way to make your customers feel important, feel happy, feel satisfied. A way that online shopping can't. I feel like that's worth repeating, that people remember how they feel, not the actual thing they experience, right? That's... And that, and in that case, it's not talking about business. It's just talking about just being a good person. They don't remember what you wore. They don't remember the, even the words you said. They, don't, they just remember the feeling they got after they engaged with you. They're like, oh, that was neutral or that brought me a lot of joy or yes. I got anxiety talking to them or I felt like I was being talked down to or whatever it is. Not, they're not going rem- to remember the words you said, but they'll remember how you feel. And I think of like even our office, it's designed like – 
the Casper retail store is about an experience. It's about building our brand, like our office is half showroom, half productive workspace. And it's designed in a way that it's actually very inefficiently designed as far as just like the ability to sit down and get work done and maximum amount of people in our square footage, right? It's not made that way. There's a lot of space that never gets used, but is set up like a showroom. People are going to come in, feel a certain way about the space and about us and leave. And if I was to ask them what they remember, it's not going to be like, they're going to probably have a hard time actually dictating back to me what we had. Like, oh, you had this kind of rug and this kind of chair and you have these colors and you, like to actually describe what they saw is not what people remember. What they remember is, oh, it just felt like one of those really cool, like young startup type company offices, like a Google office. Like that's the kind of, it's the sense, not the actual thing they experienced. So you need to give that. <laughs> I think that's a big part, like ambience, aunts, but like you cannot overlook how your people treat your customers. Like, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of cases where staff are on their phones, they're not they're not making their customer feel significant. And if people have a strong need for significance, which you know, like a third of the population, that's their top human basic need. If they go in there and they need to feel important and your staff member is like checking their Facebook, mm -hmm. probably not Facebook anymore. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok, yes. Um, you know, that customer's gonna feel like they're not important, they weren't treated the way that they should be. And word of mouth now, like it's not just telling your neighbor, or your friend, or your family. It's telling yeah. everyone who's following you on social media, or yeah. everyone's going to read those Google reviews, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you got to make people feel good. So is that the big thing? Customer service. The customer experience. Customer experience. Absolutely. Okay. We didn't talk about Sonos yet, but they have this really. They talked about like in re-engineering retail they talked about Sonos as a really good example they basically removed a lot of their inventory so instead of having like thousands of stereos available to purchase in their location they opened up like little uh, soundproof they look like modern like friends apartments that's how they describe okay. them and you go in there you can play your own music hook up your right. own phone and experience the, the speakers and the stereo yeah experience it and then you might have to actually get your stereo shipped to you. Like they don't have it there for you to take. Right. But they're spending all this money on that square footage for people to feel the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's working like crazy. I was gonna yeah. say gangbusters. Like gangbusters. Selling like hotcakes. <laughs> what else can we say? So, <laughs> no, yeah. but you think of Ikea doing something like that, right? I mean, they just yes, have a yes. warehouse in the back that you just get your rack number and you go find the thing and put it yeah. on a cart. I mean, that for a lot of different types of stores that that's the experience that warehouse thing right like that's costco and that works in their own way but ikea has their warehouse but then they have all this front stuff to just experience it because that's important like yeah that doesn't like i mean the products are still in the warehouse yeah. you could just go buy them but it's all about experiencing them and and them providing you with an example of or several examples of how you could use it how what it, it might feel. look yeah, yeah how it would feel how it feel like i wish this was my living room well here's the all thing. the things you need to buy to make it your living room and that's the thing that right now artificial intelligence cannot do but a computer or a website i mean can't make you feel well there's got to be some examples, but a, a computer, a website, a artificial intelligence can't make you feel the way real human connection can make you feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people are missing that, especially since we've gone to more automation and yeah. And yeah. But overall, as just a general strategy, I think the blue ocean thing is what's so important in this is there's a lot of things that online 
competition can do better than you mm-hmm. and that kind of has to be okay like you can yeah. be upset about it but what are you gonna do about it? it's the reality of our yeah. market um and so you have to pivot and try doing new things and that means just diving head first full on every resource you can possibly afford to put out it into the things that online can't do yes which yeah. is customer experience which might be convenience location i mean don't yeah. make people drive half an hour across the city into some far corner of the industrial park i mean if we're talking about what online can't do it can't get you that item in 15 minutes that's true um but yes. that yeah but i mean when we when we need stuff for our computer tonight the first place we look is okay let's see who locally might has this getting it in two days from amazon doesn't help me right now (laughs) right so that is still important um there's a lot of things we need to think about that that what online can't do and just go head first into that but again i'm just consumer perspective i don't have the first hand experience because a lot of people in it right now are just like it's not that easy like oh, it's no. not enough and I've that's what retail i locations and i own retail locations and i work with retail locations and you were saying earlier um about how you know historically retail or at least lately retail has such low margins it's right. hard for them to afford things and i i think we've talked about this quite a bit lately i think not necessarily on the podcast but when a lot of people are moving this way they're creating a blue ocean back here that you can go back to. Like mm-hmm. when people zig, you zag. So if everybody's yeah. going this way, there's some there's some left over here, like a significant amount of people who still want this thing, yeah. you know? Um, and I, I really think that probably, and if we're doing quick tips now, I think we forgot to do what's new, but I mean, <laughs> really okay. look at your staff. Like have happy staff who can deliver amazing customer service and really look at your customer experience. Like are they happy? Because mm-hmm. if they're not, they're not coming back, and they might write something bad about you online. Right. But if they are, they they are coming back, and they'll they'll bring your, their friends because they're gonna write something good online, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to double down on that customer experience if you want to make it in retail. Okay. Uh, what fine. about is there some ad, just admitting or allowing for the fact that okay, some industries are just there isn't a need that or enough of a need for you to have brick and mortar anymore. Like they're just. There's nothing, there's no customer experience component to it. Like maybe just in books. that product. Like, yeah, books is a tough I one, right? Oh, Amazon's opening bookstores. I yeah. love books. You, you like the I love books. books. Like Me I love too. going into the used bookstore. Me I love too. going into chapters. I like flipping yeah. through things. It's ridiculous because I, I often don't find the book I'm looking for. And so I end up looking it up online. <laughs> yeah. But it's the experience and the smell of a book. Like yeah. all of that is important. But I think there is... I don't know, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head, but there is certain things, like especially electronics, um, when they're really specific, like there's Best Buy and there's electronic stores, but when you're, you know, if you're into videography or the kind of, you know, there's, it's tough to have, there we have one camera store in town, right? And I think our city is big enough to continue to support that one camera store. But I'd say, yeah, and they do all of what we're talking about extremely, extremely well. They're always actually the example I usually go to when I'm like, this is how you continue to make brick and mortar retail relevant. Like they really know how to do it. But um, if you're in a smaller center or people are just not as interested in buying camera gear anymore, you just have to kind of admit like, okay, maybe this just happens online now. There's just not enough of a market left to support this in a physical location. And I think there Honestly, is... Honestly, I think supplements. Supplements is I tough. I think but... vitamins and stuff like that. I think, honestly, I went to 
Costco, Walmart, and Superstore and Safeway one Sunday because I was really craving those almond butter filled Cliff okay. granola bars. They're, oh, I love them and they're vegan. So none of them had them. Right. And then I went on my phone on Amazon in the last grocery store that I stopped at and they had them for cheaper than they used to be at Walmart. Right. So I ordered them and then it was like, would you like to get a new box of these every month? And I'm like, why, yes, I would. So a lot <laughs> yeah. of stuff like that where I think suppliers are going to start to cut out grocery stores or cut out, I mean, fresh fruit and stuff. That's going to take a while to figure out. I don't know about what those refrigerated drums. No, I, all of that, even supplements and vitamins, all of that stuff that's consumable, you need it now. You forgot to pick it up. You need to go get it now. It's not helpful to you that it's two days away. Or that they're closed on Sundays. Yeah. Or that they close at six. You know, no, I think there's a lot. There's definitely some industries out there where it's just getting there's just not enough of a market left when online takes over so much of your market share However, i mean if you're talking about like playing cards or something like if you were and there is a store and i don't know if they exist i don't go into that mall anymore but there is like a collectible like you want your baseball cards hockey cards that kind of stuff there's a cart there's a store in town that sells those or there was at least i don't know if they still exist but it's kind of like maybe that's mm. one where it's going to be really tough to stay relevant when you go online and it's about the rarity of it so you can't have it in inventory it's like that stuff is you kind of just have to be like sorry online kind of killed your industry so <laughs> yeah i'm sure there's a handful of those yeah. but i honestly think i honestly think that most retail businesses can be revived and profitable and successful if they can build in way more of an experience-based model mm -hmm. i really do yeah or talk triggers like even we were talking about bloom diggity with the attitude truck talk trigger right yeah like yeah just being different being making people feel a certain way mm -hmm. yeah it, it, it works people people want to feel good i mean at the most basic level of everything we've ever talked about people want to feel good yeah so if you're business your retail business can make them feel good you will survive yeah you can do well yeah and it doesn't mean just don't make them feel bad doesn't no. mean just like don't have bad don't customer service no. it's That's not like about just like not having bad customer no, service it's like it has to be amazing yeah because because i really enjoy coming home to an amazon box on my doorstep me too so make me feel better than that because yes. <laughs> yeah. that's fun like, and that's the thing and that's why i bought half the store i bought right Be the people there they're so focused on making people feel good mm -hmm. almost every day i hear a story that makes me cry you know like the one the one one of my experiences with ryan the other owner was when uh, my father-in-law was really really sick he was in the hospital in calgary and uh for some reason i looked at his feet i don't ask me why <laughs> I, I don't even like feet like i was but just they like were you. they were very messed up like they were purple cracked bleeding swollen i was like what is happening to what? his feet none of the nurses or doctors had checked his feet because he was having heart problems but he's diabetic <laughs> right yeah like not funny he almost died no sorry i didn't warn you about that one before he left but anyway so he's back in lethbridge in the lethbridge hospital and i told ryan about it and ryan for free absolutely no questions asked showed up there mm -hmm. like worked with him asked him questions like measured him fitted him and created these custom shoes for him that helped him mm -hmm. like those kind of stories everybody has those kind of stories about that store yeah and so we only hire people who care about people that much and we train 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 on treating people like that as opposed to 
hit your retail goal, hit your profit mm-hmm. goal, you know? Yeah, that's so, going to build a ton of loyalty because that's where, so a lot of where local business right now relies on getting their customers is like almost this guilt trip thing about support local that it's I. It's the rule of reciprocity. Oh no, you're right. No, right? It's local, like, yep. it's like, no, support local, yeah. always buy local. And it's, but it's almost just like we're asking <laughs> our customer base to please support Sorry. local. Um, rather than giving them a yeah. reason to without like basically you're asking them for a favor like please support local because we're local businesses too and we we live in this community and we still need our income and it's almost like I you're asking for way. a favor but i need to be given a reason like and i will i will support local if you are as good as the online options but really you don't you can't it's not a sustainable strategy to just ask people as a favor to please support your local business. You, you have like to give them a reason to yeah. prefer local, not just they, I know they prefer online, but please shop for me anyways. Cause I think a lot of people are in that spot. I know you'd rather just do this online, but please support my local business. And you have to make your business, like do the things, try new strategies, the things that you're talking about and I don't have the expertise to talk about, but that you're suggesting to say, I can help my customers prefer to buy local, not just please do it out of guilt. And read the book, Who Moved My Cheese. Okay. Have you read that? No. Oh my gosh, it's such a classic. It's like about two mice and there's like this pile of cheese every day. They live in a maze. Okay. Obviously, it's like a fable, but it's, right. it works. It's amazing. Okay. I like so there's like this fables. pile of cheese in this one corner of the maze every morning. So every morning, they like get up and they go get their cheese. And then one morning, all the cheese is gone. And the one mouse is like, well, better put on my running shoes. I got to go run and find a new pile of cheese. But the other mouse is like, darn it. I'm owed this cheese. Right. This cheese has been here for years. They can't take this away from me. And so that mouse, I don't think he dies. I don't think it's that morbid. <laughs> it's but not... he basically just gives up right. and never gets any cheese. And the other one finds new cheese and right. it's a better pile of cheese it's like right. a bigger pile of cheese. A bigger pile so, of cheese like be it's aged excited cheddar. about change like you said at the very beginning don't see it as problems see it as opportunities because yeah. if all your competitors see it as a problem that's awesome oh amazing opportunity let them for give you. up let yeah. them go out of business well you capitalize on that opportunity and you're right about that local thing don't use that don't use that as your only i can picture yeah. a business right now that opened on third ave probably the busiest one of the busiest street um traffic locations in our city and it closed in like a month and they like guilt 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 local how could you not support us we're going into business blah 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 i'm just like thinking back that was their only thing right you can't differentiate on that anymore no you can you can have it as a thing it can be part of who you are but you have to differentiate on customer service if you're in an industry that online is beating you at like in price and 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 speed yeah options when it's when it's equal like i'm just as likely to shop there as i am to buy online then local will be the tipping thing that's like yeah Yeah. okay i'll go buy there and maybe even if it's like you're slightly less convenient (laughs) it might be enough to tip me over and be like yes i will buy local but if you're not providing something even close to what people can do online whether it's price or convenience or experience or any like you don't provide anything greater than online locals not just Please support locals is not going to push you into a sustainable position. But also do your research because I know I've read a lot of research where people say it's like a much higher percentage where people say, yes, I shop local. Yes, I shop sustainable. Yes, Mm -hmm. I shop eco-friendly. But the truth is 
a lot lower percentage actually buy right. that way. Mm-hmm. So if you do your research and you can see that, you know, being local is a very huge part of why people shop with you. Okay, talk about it. Yeah. But it's all about really getting to know your customer and what makes them feel good and making them feel good. Yeah. Doing the only thing that online can't do is the customer experience. At least not yet. Until we get to that really weird place where people have like I think th- I think there's other things that still can't do. I think we're a long ways away from the drone dropping my milk off faster than I can go get it from Superstore. Yeah. At least 10 years. <laughs> Who knows, I, I think we're a long The way ways. that technology is, like, doubling, 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 right? Yeah. Think of all the changes we've seen in our life. Oh, yeah. Things move quickly. The, the it's noisy internet, the dial-up. Oh, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> and tapes. I remember trying to tape the top eight at eight and being mad when the yep. announcer talked during Definitely. the song. I was like, oh, they ruined my perfect song. <laughs> now, unlimited music, $10 a month. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know that this uh, particular episode may have pushed some buttons or made some people feel almost hopeless, but that was not the intent. The intent was to give you some tools to help you not feel hopeless if you're a retail store. So please reach out to us. Um, Like Lane is a creative genius and I'm uh, pretty good at business myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to say that about myself. You could have chimed in though. But we we both will have some ideas for you. I mean, if you feel like this podcast kind of left you feeling like... Yeah not good reach out because we want to help especially yeah it'll help us because there's going to be industry specific ideas like there's things that you can do in your shoe store compared to the laundromat down the street where online is not really an impact or (laughs) the brick is like the saddest death of a store i've ever watched it's like they can't have the inventory so when you go in there even if you see something that you like they don't have they have to order it anyways but if you just (laughs) ordered it yourself online it'd be cheaper and the salespeople are just the worst quality of salespeople, <laughs> and you feel uncomfortable and like yeah those furniture stores are dying a very horrible mm-hmm. death but i don't know you could be the one furniture store that actually didn't make people uncomfortable and ikea came in there. <laughs> yes it's still it's funny like it's so different than what we say when we say furniture store that we forget that it's even totally. in that realm because you're just so like oh about, yeah ikea oh, is a furniture so store i love struck tube struck tube is great you walk through the living room mm-hmm yeah, no, there's, I mean, now I'm trying to think of the brick. Okay, but Anyways. we welcome yeah, messages because... Uh, <laughs> kind messages. <laughs> Not your no ranting hate. hate. We've never had hate no, I'll, yet. I'll take that. Address those I'll to me. I am fine me. with it. If, and if you He'll yeah, sugarcoat it for me. <laughs> listen to last week's episode about why I don't care about the haters. So I'm doing better, by the way. Send all that to me. I'll deal yeah. with it. Hate Meltalane. <laughs> Uh, Kelly Ray has a quick tip for us. Oh, I think it was, okay, instead of just measuring sales, conversion rate, stuff I always tell you to measure, measure customer satisfaction for sure and measure retention for sure. Mm-hmm. Really start to listen to people. Figure out how you're making them feel. Okay. Because we want to double down on making them feel good. Yeah. Um, my quick tip is to really clearly define your USP and UVP. This is like a Kelly Ray kind of tip, but <laughs> it, honestly, um, it it's not. Uh, it's, you can't just say, "Well, we did it once, we did it ten years ago." Like it is different today. Yes. Uh, we yeah. are redoing ours right now. I spent three hours today thinking about what is our USP or UVP, whatever you want to call it. 
like and really trying to dial it in because our business has evolved in how we serve people and who we serve and mm-hmm. just or at least narrowed in and knowing better who we serve mm-hmm. and how we serve them so we're doing a lot of work in trying to figure out what that is that needs to be dialed in because that's exactly how you compete with online your usp might have been well we are um we have the best selection in this neighborhood but now all of a sudden you're the best selection but you have a lot more than your neighborhood to compete with so now you need a new usb it's like like you need to figure out what it is that is still uniquely valuable about your business that online doesn't change yeah and i just want to make sure everyone knows that usp is like a unique selling proposition or Mm -hmm. uvp is unique value proposition yeah and yeah it can change and you know i want to actually put in a good word for the brick and mortar businesses because that's that's my 20 years of experience 19 almost 20 um, has all been brick and mortar businesses and they've all done well and they all continue to do well because there's still room for us. Yeah. There's a lot of room, 75% still. You yeah. know, online is has some competitive advantages that a brick and mortar store can't beat, but there are a lot of things that we can do better. They're, and yeah. my like we focus on brick and mortars, we will not work with an online business. Right. So my whole coaching business is built on brick and mortar businesses. So I guess I want to end with that. Like we still believe in you. Like Oh yeah, they're we, not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You just have to be But there will be some weeding out the people who are not able to And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Your, if if things are changing and all your competitors are like just complaining about it, mm-hmm. just do something different. Right. Don't just join the pack. Read okay. Who Moved My Cheese. It's so good. Okay. Thanks for watching, right. guys. Thanks for watching. Uh, this is episode 25, The Future of Retail. We'll be back next week with a new topic. Um, you can reach out to me uh, on Twitter, Lane underscore Anderson, Instagram, the real Lane Anderson, or look me up on LinkedIn, just Lane Anderson. You can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Kelly Race Mackey, or TMH Business Coaching and Consulting. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for listening and watching. Hope we will see you, you all next week. See you next week.